Hey, Scott here with Grace Bible Church. Before we get into this message, I just wanted to thank you for streaming this sermon. We pray that each week you are challenged by who God is and what he has done for you. Now, this is never meant to be a substitute for you to be an active member of a community of faith. If you live in the Hollidaysburg area, or if you're in town for any reason, we encourage you to gather with us on Sunday mornings for our word and worship. You can learn more about what God is doing through our church body on our website, gbclive.org. When I walked down after the announcement, um, I didn't see my notes in my Bible. And if you remember a few, few weeks back, Pastor Richie misplaced his notes. And uh, I said to Joe, I said, oh, no, I'm going to do just what Pastor Richie did. And I'll tell you, after that, uh, he was made fun of relentlessly by Michael. I comforted, I did my best to comfort him and, and get him through it, but that's a lie. <laughs> well, in the first service, I got up and I said, happy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, boy, don't, wouldn't it be nice to be back at Memorial Day weekend in the summer just ahead of us instead of trailing behind us? Oh, boy. Well, it is Labor Day. For the majority of Americans, uh, this weekend, tomorrow, it's a holiday. It's a three-day weekend. It's a paid day off. You know, most people don't care what the holiday is. It's just a paid day off. I, I have a day off. But, but Labor Day, it's, it's a celebration, and, which became a federal holiday in 1894, but it's a celebration and appreciation for all the hard work that was put into growing our nation. And it's a thankfulness for the unique rights and freedoms that we have uh, as laborers here in the United States of America. That's what it's, Labor Day is all about. So in the spirit of that definition, I think we should all go into work tomorrow. All of us, go into work, work 10 to 12 hours, uh, then tell your boss, your supervisor, it's on me. This one's on me. I just appreciate being able to work. Who's with me? Yeah, I won't be here tomorrow either. <laughs> but labor, <clears throat> you know, the word labor takes effort to say. Labor. I mean, it just sounds hard. It's work to say labor. And doesn't it seem like the older you get, the more things become labor? Doesn't it seem that way? that all things become labor. Va vacation. We went on vacation again this year, believe it or not. And uh, the, the first two days that you're there, you are unwinding and unwrapping from the horrible time you had loading your van or your SUV and the struggle that it took. You just need two days to come back down from it. Because you're about crazy. You, you can ask Terry. I know you don't know when I'm telling the truth or not. There's, Michael's going to start putting up truth, lie. But you can ask Terry. I was, I was packing our vehicle with all this stuff for the beach and all that. And, and, and I looked at her and I said, I hate vacation. It is a terrible thing. I hope that you're not there yet, but you'll get there. I hate vacation. I packed that thing up, and then for, we got down there, two days down wine, and then the next three days, I drug all that junk to the beach. 
and back. Three days of that. And then the last two days, you know what you're doing, especially if you're a guy. You're thinking about the pack up. You know what I mean? You're, you're going into it's time to pack up, it's time to, to, to go mode. And uh, so then the last two days, you, you pack up and you got everything jammed back in there. And then you get to drive 10 miles an hour on I-95 the whole way home. And that's vacation. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about work this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this day. We do thank you that we have the privilege to work. We have the privilege to go out and freedom to find a job and work hard at it. But most of all, Lord, we have the freedom to work for your kingdom. We have the the freedom to speak freely about you and and, uh, tell people of your great love. So we thank you for that. Lord, as we look at this little story, help us to pull something, something that will help us as we go through the weeks and months and years ahead. So we just love you and thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to be going back over what Carmen had read. I wanted you to hear the whole story, and then we'll break it down now uh, into some verses. But uh, the background here is King Ahab, he was just coming off the hills of a mighty victory over the Syrians. Uh, and Ben-Hadad. Ben-Hadad was a very powerful man back then, so this was a great victory for King Ahab. Israel's at peace. Uh, Samaria's safe. Ahab is riding extremely high in the saddle until chapter 21 of 1 Kings. We're about to see a pretty harsh confrontation with a faithful man of God named Naboth. 1 Kings 21, 1 and 2. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which uh, was in Jezreel next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth saying, give me your vineyard that I might have it for a vegetable garden because it is near next to my house. And for it, I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. And, And what he was meaning here is what it's worth to you. Not, not the ass- assessed value. So the first thing we're going to say here is uh, we need to work hard where God puts us. Work hard where God puts us. Puts us. All we know here at this point is, is there's a man named Naboth who owned a vineyard next to the palace ground of King Ahab. And Ahab said, I'll give you more for it, uh, or I'll give you land that's bigger than what it is, or I'll give you more money than it's worth. Does that seem reasonable? Do I have any realtors in here? Raise your hand if, a, if you're a realtor. Does that seem reasonable? I'll, I'll either give you more, whatever you want for it, or I'll give you more land. This parcel of land was very appealing to the eye because Naboth worked extremely hard on it. Just remember that. This wasn't the biggest piece of land. This wasn't the most popular piece of land. But this land was beautiful because Naboth worked very hard on it. It wasn't the biggest. It wasn't the best. But it was beautiful. Your workplace, think of that. Your workplace may not be the most pleasant environment. And the pay may may be very subpar. But that's where God's placed you. 
And again, I, I see some of your eyes rolling out there. Oh, Pastor Lou, you don't know the work environment that I work under. You don't know the work environment that I work under. Wherever you are, that's where God has you right now. Regardless of the environment, regardless of the, of the pay, that's where God has you right now. Work hard. Be a testimony wherever you are. Maybe you're, you're going to school. Maybe you're in school. School may be difficult and overwhelming. School for me was difficult and overwhelming. It was. When you spend four years in first grade, three years in second, I graduated high school at 36 years old. <laughs> school was hard for me. School, school was difficult. But listen, if you're in school, work hard. Work hard. Be a testimony wherever it is. Preschool, junior high, high school, college, wherever. Be a testimony. You get out to the nursery right now, there's preschoolers witnessing to those ladies. <laughs> we need to be a light for Christ. Don't stand around and get caught up in all the yak at school or all the yak at work. It's easy to do. It's easy to fall into that. Be a testimony. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 and 11 says, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we uh, hear that there are some of you who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busy bodies. Busy bodies doesn't mean that they were just busy doing what they're supposed to do. It means they were yaks. Do you know what a yak is? I don't. I didn't look it up. I don't even know what the word means. It just sounded cool to me. Busybodies. Naboth's hard work was easily recognized by all those around him. Easily recognized. The second thing we're going to see here is in 1 Kings 21, 3 and 4, and that's work hard for what God gave you. But Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid me that I should give this inheritance of my fathers to you. So Ahab went into his house, sullen and displeased, because of the work which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give the inheritance of my father. So we see Naboth's refusal to sell, although we know that, that there's nothing wrong with buying and selling land and all that. But in this case, his refusal to sell was for a good reason. He said, the Lord forbid me to do this. I don't think I said this in the first service, but what are you doing right now that the Lord forbids you to do? Oh. Can I get a witness? Can somebody come up, stand up and tell me what you're doing right now? That, anybody? I will not sell this because the Lord forbids me to do it. He understood the value of his inheritance. He understood how, how much that meant. If you look, just by way, again, a background on that, Numbers 36, 7 says, so the inheritance of the children of Israel shall not change hands from tribe uh, to tribe. For every one of the children of Israel shall keep the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. 
The land shall not be sold permanently uh, for my land, excuse me, for the land is mine. You are strangers and sojourners with me. Do you hear that? That land was his. That land God had given him to him. He said, this is, this is mine. This is mine. You know, I need to jump back a second because I have to. I think I missed a little point here. But let me, let me just go back here because I want to show you something about vacation. We're doing a commercial. I told you about going on vacation. And I told you about how hard it is work. And when I come out of the ocean, Terry says, you look like a drowned rat. And so she bought me one of these fancy wet dry shirts. I almost forgot this, Michael, my little wet dry shirt. Isn't it beautiful? She's like, now you'll, you'll, you'll dry off and all that. Can you see that in the back? Can you see it, what it is? Big old rainbow trout. How far away do you think a shark can see that? I, I worry about my marriage sometimes. Here, wear this. Sorry, I just had you get you back to understand a little bit about my wife. <laughs> so, so we're looking at here as to what God had given Naboth. What God had given Naboth. What did God give you that's not for sale? What did God give you that's not for sale? Think about it. I have two things down here that, um, you know, I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Number one, bass boat. If God gave you a bass boat, don't sell it. Don't sell it. That's a non-negotiable. Second thing, ammo. <laughs> don't sell your ammo. God gave it to you. Listen, there, there's two, two right there. I tell Terry all the time, God gave me this ammo. I'm not selling it. It's mine. Isn't that ludicrous? Isn't that ludicrous? that we would think that the things that we hang on to, the things that we get, and we do, we protect those things. Now I'm going to give you the real two. I'm going to give you the true two right here. The first thing that should be non-negotiable is your faith. Your faith. This is the real deal here. Your faith in Jesus Christ. Non-negotiable. Not for sale. I've jotted down some things here. I will work hard on my relationship with Jesus Christ. I will work hard on my relationship with Jesus Christ. We, we need to make that a priority in our lives. I will spend intimate time with God. Intimate time. That's not... Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's not intimate time with God. Intimate times with, with God is when you take time and you just set apart. You get yourself a cup of tea. You get yourself a cup of coffee. You get something and you sit down, maybe get a devotional and you just sit and you talk to God. And you, you pray. That's intimate time with God. 
I'll read his word regularly. You make it a priority to read his word. Get it inside of you. And I will pray. Faith, non-negotiable. Non-negotiable right there. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So your faith, non-negotiable. The second thing, your family. Work hard for your family. Pray for your family. Pray with your family. Provide for them. Protect them. Do everything possible to preserve your family. Sometimes that's tough. It, you must be willing to forgive, endure, rebuild, move on in love. There's a lot. There's a lot to that. To sticking with it. Sometimes our families are difficult. You know what I get all the time? If you say, if you say this to me, come down for counseling or anything and say this to me, uh, I will laugh at you. Pastor Lou, you don't know what it's like to have a kid that's getting out of hand. Right, right. I raised three girls and they never did anything wrong and they never got into trouble. I'm not gonna say who, but I, I got called to the Votech once for one of my daughters. And I walked in and the guy said, hey, you're Pastor Lou. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing pretty good, but I don't know, depending on what you're gonna say next. Oh, your, your daughter punched another girl in the hallway out there. I was like, oh man. She gets that from her mother. <laughs> she does. Listen, we all work, have to work through things in our family. We all do. Every single person in here have difficult family situations from time to time and sometimes longer than we would like. When everything is going well, your faith, your faith, not for sale. When everything's going well, when everything is seemingly coming apart, falling apart around you, not for sale. That needs to be planted deep, not for sale. Joshua 24, 15, he said, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve whether the gods uh, which were your fathers, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you know you can choose Jesus Christ as your Savior, and hopefully you have been, or you've done that. But you need to choose every day whether you're going to serve him or not. You need to choose every day whether that not for sale sign is going to be in your yard. It's a choice every single day if we're going to live for the Lord or not. 
work hard for what God gave you, not just material things. We've flip-flopped our theology these days. Most people work hard for their temporal toys and hardly work for their eternal joys. You hear that? Most people work hard for their temporal toys and hardly work for eternal joys. Third thing here we have. Work hard even when life and seemingly Satan works against you. You hear that? Listen to what he says in in verses 4 through 10. And he lay down on his bed. This is Ahab. And he turned his face, and he would not eat food. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, what is, Why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? He said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite. And he said to me, Give me your vineyard for money, or else, if it pleases you, uh, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Can you see his lips shooting up? <laughs> Then Jezebel's wife said to him, You now exercise authority over Israel. Arise, eat food, let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth of Jezreel. And she wrote letters in Ahab's name. Do you see that? First instance of mail fraud. Right there. Sealed them with the seal and send the letters to the elders and the nobles in the dwelling city of, of, with Naboth. She wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people and seat two men, scoundrels, before him to bear witness, uh, to bear witness against him saying, You have blasphemed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him that he may die. Ahab was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. He pouted to his wicked wife and she went and did his bidding for him. You see that? He wouldn't eat. He laid on the bed. Why did he do that? Because it works. It works. Oh, I can't get that land in Jezebel. Oh, sweetie, you're the king. I'll take care of it. Thank you, Pookie Bear. Oh, Ahab, you whiny little baby. You make me sick. And had Jezebel go do his bidding for him. I'm going to give you a little example of that. You're in, you're in a grocery store, and there's a kid in line. He's in the grocery cart with his mother, and he is just, he sees this candy bar, and he's just screaming his head off. And you're like, oh my goodness, come on. And he's screaming and screaming, I want the candy bar. And we look at him and we say, your mama needs to give you a whooping, boy. You just need a whooping. Same kid. Same kid sitting in a little grocery cart in front of you. And he's looking at a candy bar. And he's going, What do you say? Why don't you get him that candy bar? What's wrong with you? If you don't get him that candy bar, I'm getting him that candy bar. A little pouting goes a long way. So Ahab, he's uh, 
He's pouting. He's got the lip out. He's going through it all. Listen to what Luke twenty two thirty one says. 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Naboth was about to have the full wrath of all of Satan's power and Jezebel's power laid on him. You think she wasn't a wicked person? Anybody of you know anybody named Jezebel? You know any of that? Little Jezzy? There's a reason there's, if there are, I'm sorry, but there's a reason there's not a whole lot of little Jezzies out there running around. It's because of this woman. So she unleashes everything she can on Naboth. The last point we have here is work hard until you die. Work hard until you die. First Kings 21, 11 through 16. So the men of the city and the elders and the nobles who were uh, inhabitants of the city did as Jezebel had said, sent to them. As it is written in the letters which she sent to them, they proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth in high honor among the people. And two men, scoundrels, came in and sat before him. And the scoundrels witnessed against him, against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. Then they looked, uh, took him outside the city and stoned him with stones so that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. And it came to pass when uh, Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take the possession of the vineyard of Naboth uh, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give to you for money. For Naboth is not alive but dead. So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab uh, got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Not quite the Tom Cruise Top Gun ending, was it? Man. Did you see that movie? Oh, I thought the guy was dead like six times. No. Giant helicopter can't get him. Fighters, missiles can't get him. And at the end, there he is. Naboth. At the end, he's dead. Hmm. Don't like that ending. <laughs> it appears that as though Naboth had lost. Some say that not only he but his family was killed in this, but they were killed. But the truth of the matter is Naboth won. Naboth won big time. His name's recorded forever as a faithful man of God. His example has gone down through the ages. This guy who served God, who had a little piece of land that God gave him, his name rings throughout the ages because of his faithfulness to God. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 
just to close this off, I'd be extremely remiss to preach this whole sermon on Labor Day and not tell you what I'm about to tell you. Just what if you are a very hard worker, diligent. You work hard at your workplace and you work hard with your family. And man, you just labor for years. And you're a good man, a good woman, a good young person, whatever. You just labor. Only to end your life, have your life end and not go to heaven. What? What? A religious person. You read your Bible. You worked hard. Everybody who comes to view you says, boy, what a, what a good person. Good doesn't get you to heaven. Scripture says there are none good, no, not one. Your goodness will never get you to heaven. Your work will never get you to heaven. Only his work and what we celebrated earlier, his work at Calvary, his work on the cross and giving his very life, that's the only work that works. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We are to be working hard because we have Christ, not to gain or attain him. We're to be working hard because of what he's done for us in our lives. Mark 8, 36 and 37 says, For what shall profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? And what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? You know, I believe it's John 6.33. I probably misquoted this, but John 6.33. They asked Jesus, they said, what are the, tell us the works uh, of God. What are the works of God? And he said, the works are that you trust in the Son, Jesus Christ. You want to work the works of God? Trust in Jesus Christ. Trust in what he did. Trust in his death, burial, and resurrection. So I ask you this morning, where are you? Have you truly, at some point in your life, realized that you are a sinner and lost? And there's no way you can work your way back. No way you can pay your way back. There's no way you can do anything to redeem merit with God. And you bowed your knee and you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you said, Lord Jesus, I can't do this. I'm completely trusting in what you did at Calvary. I'm trusting in your death, your burial, your resurrection. I'm trusting that your shed blood will forgive my sins and make me white as snow, just as your word said. Have you done that? Is your life evident of that? I can't promise you a whole things, a lot of things, but I can promise you one thing. Scripture he who has a son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. Maybe today's the day you need to bow your knee and trust Christ as Savior. And then it needs to become evident as people looked at Naboth's land and knew this man 
We know what he's like. We don't know his name, but we know. People need to look at your life and say, I don't know your name, but I know you're a Christian because I see the spirit of God that that is in you coming out of you now. If you need to trust Christ as your savior and you're still a little confused, you can go back to right behind our hallway here. There'll be somebody back there in that room that will talk to you about that and explain it more, show you scripture, not grace's way, God's way through scripture. Don't leave here lost. Make this the greatest Labor Day weekend of your life.